If I can get a good morning from you, just go ahead and honk your horns. I love that. That's a good response. So, um, so here we are today in our first in-person gathering. Uh, sort of, kind of. So, uh, look, today, today we stand here, I stand here on really the front porch of the steps of Pike Road Elementary School. And we need to talk about some things as we worship together, as we pray together, as we serve together, as we live together in this community. We need to talk about some things together as the church. And so I'm delivering this message to you today that we might share in a common bond of serving this community in Jesus Christ. So this past week, this past week, uh, my kids were swimming and swimming in the pool. Maya James, my, my three-year-old little girl, Maya James, she was swimming and uh, I was just around the pool pulling weeds. So I'm pulling weeds and, and she gets out of the pool. And as she gets out of the pool, she comes over near me and she starts pulling weeds with me. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, what is this that a kid would rather pull weeds than swim in the pool? And so I looked over at her and I was like, my James, go to the pool, go swim. And she said this to me, I go with you, daddy. I go with you, daddy. You see, in our world today, I started asking this question. I started asking the question, where is she going? Where is Maya James going? She's over there pulling weeds with me and not swimming in the pool. And she says, I go with you, daddy. I go with you. And I started asking myself as I'm pulling every weed and she's with me. Where is she going? And you know where she's going? She's going wherever I'm going. So how many of us today, I've looked at social media, I've been on Facebook and Instagram this past week, I've seen a lot of conversations, and y'all, there's a lot of anxiety right now over the next school year, amen? There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety with our teachers, with our parents, with our kids, with the administrators, with the community leaders, with everyone. There's a lot of anxiety over the next school year. So for the next few moments, as we are parked here in the parking lot of one of our schools that hundreds of children walk into, and yes, we'll walk into again, we must talk about some things that matter. We have to get our minds set on what God has for us. You see, there's so much divisiveness right now. There's so much taking sides on every single issue. It is only heightened that it's an election year. Republicans versus Democrats. COVID-19, hoax or no hoax. Race relationships, black versus white. Mask or no mask. Sports or no sports. I sure hope it's sports, everybody. Sure hope it's sports. Church gathering in person or no church gathering. Open the schools or virtual school. There is so much divisiveness right now. We feel like we are being attacked on every front. 
Every day there is something new. Every day there is another challenge. Every day there is something else that is attacking us. Do you feel like today, like some of the stories presented to us in the Bible? How many of you, do you feel like you're staring down a giant every day? Or that you're overcome by a flood? Or that you're staggering through the desert like Moses or trapped in a lion's den like Daniel? Wandering in a dark valley, sinking in the raging waters, or trapped in a prison cell like Paul. But you know what? Here's the good news, no matter each one of those stories, is that nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Nothing is possible with God. How about this? Every time I say amen, I'm going to let you honk your horns, okay? So when I say amen, just go ahead and if you agree with me, if you agree in, in principle, say amen, nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Amen. So let's, let's get serious for just a few moments. Let's get real serious. Because we want things to open back up. We want things to change. We want to get back to life as normal. We want stuff to happen. We want our world back. But 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This past week, as I made my way home to Crestview, Florida for Philip and Shara's daddy's funeral, it was impressed upon my heart that while we do all of this raging on the internet and sharing our opinions on social media, that while we talk about the things we're missing out on and the things that we want to have back, there's not a lot of talk, honestly, about taking our face before the Lord. There's honestly just not enough talk about saying that we are praying deeply for God's will to be done. There's not enough talk about the importance of our faith seeing us through this desert. You see, our children, it's time to take them to school, everyone. But it's not the type of school that I desire to share with you that you might be thinking about today. It's, it's time to take them to school to teach them what they really need to know, what the adult world needs to share and impress upon each one of our children and many of them that make their way into the front doors of this school. Deuteronomy chapter 4 says this, and I would encourage each one of us to take this passage very seriously today. It says, see, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. I count that as our newly founded town that continues to grow. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation, or maybe we should say, surely this great town, is wise and, un is an, a wise and understanding people. What other nation, what other town is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? 
And what other nation or town is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws as I am setting before you today? And then the writer says this, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God? I want you to remember that day for many of you. We started with a hundred people that walked into the doors of this school many years ago. And it has only grown and we've only seen more blessings and we've only seen more of God's handiwork as we make our way from this school to one day down Marler Road onto that permanent location that we might set up a location that for generations in this town will know of the goodness and the grace of God. Amen? And so it says, remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. Everyone, I'm not here to tell you today whether we should go back to school or not or how we should go back to school. But I am telling you there are some things that our children need. There is some education that our children really need from us right now. You know, it was many years ago, and I began to kind of reflect on it, and I started looking at it again and and read through it again. I, I I had the privilege to write a book a few years back called How to Ruin Your Child in Seven Easy Steps. And the subtitle of that book was Tame Your Vices, Nurture Their Virtues. It was about the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues. And as I started to re-read some of my words, this is the education they really need from us right now. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is found in this short little moment. As the scriptures report, then the people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So what would Jesus teach them at his feet today? What would Jesus want our children to know today? And I'm going to share with you real quickly what Jesus would teach them and we have to explain. these and I would encourage you to go and expound upon these this is the education they really need to know one humility they need to know humility and that opposes pride and it and humility is not thinking less of yourself it is thinking of yourself less that's the best definition I've ever heard and the best way to teach our children to be is is to become cheerleaders of other people to become encouragers of others to look for the good in other people right now more than any time In probably our lifetimes, we need to be modeling and teaching our children humility. And like I just said, the best way to do that is to help them to become cheerleaders of other people. The second one is a cardinal virtue called chastity. It has often been lost in our world today, but chastity opposes lust. And it's much more than just sexual lusting. You see, chastity is a reverence for yourself and a reverence for others. It helps create mature, deep relationships with other people. You see, COVID-19 has given us time. 
It has given us time, and chastity is the time, the, the, the character development of time. It gives us the time to fully develop physically, mentally, and emotionally. Chastity is a virtue we need again in our world, and we need to be educating our children. Number three, kindness, which opposes envy. It's not the same as being southern nice, by the way, that, that syrupy bless your hearts. Kindness. Kindness is something far deeper. You see, when we just tell our children to be nice, be nice is a burden. Be nice means just deal with the mess around you and look the other way, but just be nice. It means that that's a burden placed on our children. No, what we are teaching them is kindness, a spirit of kindness. And if they walk through this world with a spirit of kindness, they walk through this world cultivating joy. The best way we can educate our children to be kind is, is to become a noticer. A noticer. Where is the opportunity right now to be kind? What are the little things that we can be doing for one another? You see, we, mean, we need to educate our children on how to be really kind. Number four, charity, which opposes greed. Oftentimes, people think of charity as money, but it's not about money. Charity is not about money. It's more about the relationship between the giver and the receiver. It's about developing relationships. You see, charity sees the potential in other people. And today, more than ever, we need to see the potential in one another. And that starts with seeing the potential in our children. It begins with helping your child visualize the potential in others. Number five, temperance, which is another virtue that I feel like has gone lost. Temperance opposes gluttony. If one thing, if there's one thing we have certainly learned through COVID-19 is that we probably have succumbed in so many ways to gluttony. We have more at our fingertips than any generation ever before us. And we know that really too much of anything can be bad for us. John Wesley taught about moderation in all things. And so we should teach them. We should teach the next generation to resist the immediate lure for more for the long-term gain of enough. That's a beautiful lesson to leave our children to educate them with. That past a certain point of having anything in your life, the returns will diminish. I don't care how good the food is. If you eat too much of even good food, you will gain weight. Past a certain point, the returns diminish. Past a certain point of too many possessions, too much of a good thing can ultimately be a bad thing. Temperance opposes gluttony. And so what we need to teach our children right now is to actually have a positive peer pressure. A positive peer pressure with each other to help create a balanced life. A positive peer pressure looks like real authentic Christian community where we hold each other accountable and encourage one another and teach one another and, and help each other along this life. Number six is diligence. Diligence opposes sloth or laziness. We need to teach our children, even in this time where they're sitting around doing much of nothing but playing a whole lot of video games and saying, I'm bored. Anybody from their kids lately? That it's time to work with your full energy. Diligence is about working with your full energy. Because listen to me, 
We know this to be true and we need to be reminded of it today. You can't half-heartedly become a whole person. Motivate them today with praise for their hard work. Motivate them to become all that they were supposed to become. Teach them that the true goal of all their work is to glorify God. And the seventh and final thing that I share with you today is that patience opposes anger. Patience opposes getting your own way. Patience makes all the other lessons that I've shared with you today actually work. I don't know about you, but I've been on many a road trip and I've asked the question and now I'm a daddy who answers the question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And some of us are beginning to ask the question in this day and age with the coronavirus, are we done with this yet? There yet? Maybe we're not because it takes time to develop into the person God designed you to be. Patience. What do we need to teach them about patience? Here's a few things, parents and grandparents and the rest of our community. We need to teach them to endure hardships and suffering. That's a lesson that has fallen on deaf ears for most of us. We need to teach them how to endure hardships and suffering, to teach them how to persevere through tough times, to teach them the faithful, that the faithfulness of God will see them through every valley. We need to teach them that this too shall pass. We heard our grandparents and our great-grandparents talk about this phrase in the Great Depression and World Wars. This too shall pass. And for much of my childhood, I think I just thought of it as that nice little saying in the Bible. But now with COVID-19, it's a whole new meaning. This too shall pass is a phrase of faithfulness, everyone. Teach them to keep their eyes fixed upon Jesus. And teach them that God will finish what he has started in them. Listen to me today, 1 Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writes, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus. I'm trying to point out the things that Jesus would teach if the children were sitting at his feet. Jesus, you would be a good minister of Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. And then Paul writes this, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. What does that look like today? It looks like every social media post that has half-truths. It looks like all the stuff that we are letting invade our minds instead of the very grace and truth of Christ. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Listen to me today. As we prepare to head out, of this parking lot. The debates will rage on, everyone. 
the debates will rage on about masks or no masks, hoax or no hoax. The, the debate will rage on. The debate will rage on about school or virtual school. The debate will continue to rage on. But what our children need from us the most is how we handle the debate, how we walk through a hard time. You see, every single one of these lessons, it is not do what I say as much as it will be do what I do. The next generation is watching how we walk through a dark valley, how we walk through the desert, how we handle the lion's den, how we make our way through the flood. The next generation is watching everyone. Maya James said, I go with you, daddy. I go with you. Where are we going, church? Where are you going? You see, because the truth is, wherever we are going and however we decide to get there, our children will follow us. And they will either follow us down into the depths of hell in how we handle this present situation, or they will reach higher than we ever thought they could if we guide them up the mountaintop and allow them to fix their eyes on Jesus. Make no mistake, history will record how we handle this time. Be very careful with your words. Be very careful with your actions. Be very careful with how you handle yourself for the next generation is going to need to see how this present generation weathered this storm. So Century Church and all those who've gathered here in this parking lot and who worked online, my daughter said, I go with you, Daddy. Our children are saying, I go with you. Where will we take them? How will we take them? Because whatever we choose to do, our children will surely follow. May it be so that as they grow into the adults that they will surely grow into, love and cherish, that they grow in the grace and the truth, that they grow in such a way that as this community continues to grow, a message for a future generation of the good news of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we bow before you today and we give you thanks and praise for the opportunity to gather here in this place to be reminded of the Lord Jesus, pray that you continue to guide, gather, 
pray that you would continue, that you would continue the good work in each one of us. Oh God, we pray to heal our land right now and that we would grow closer to the community and as family. God, that you would help us right now to be guided by your words, by your love, by your hearts. And Lord, there are many decisions that will be made in this community. So we pray for our leaders, we pray for our teachers, we pray for our parents, and we pray for grandparents, we pray for all those who will help the next generation. We pray for our church. And so, God, right now, we pray for us that we would be found faithful in following you, Lord Jesus, all the days of our life and so that the next generation would take up that mantle and not be found wandering in a desert, but be found making it to the promised land because a previous generation they saw were faithful. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all God's people said, amen.